Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I hope that your day has been blessed. Um, we know God is good, and we are just grateful. Um, my name is Maria Brown, Minister Maria Brown, and I wanted to kind of come on and share part two of a lesson that I've kind of been going over. First of all, we want to um, just want to thank God for allowing me to speak and speak his word. Also, we want to give honor to Bishop Breland for allowing me to speak on this platform. Um, we definitely thank God for him. So let's just um, kind of into the topic for tonight. Um, my last message about the throne, tonight's going to be part two. The first one was Secrets of the Throne Room, and it kind of went over the key points of prayer, the key things that you want to have in your prayer, um, addressing God, acknowledging him, praising him, um, praying his will over the situation, making your requests you made known unto God, um, warfare, battling the enemy, um, using God's words as well, and then still acknowledging him and closing out in Jesus' name. So tonight we're going to be talking about Secrets of the Throne Room Part 2. So we understand how we approach the throne throne room of God. We understand that we have access to God. And the last time we talked, we talked about Jesus dying on the cross gave us unlimited access to him through the, the tearing of the veil. So now that we have access, what now? So we're going to go into Secrets of the Throne Room Part 2. Um, our scripture is going to be coming from Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We're going to go to the first through the sixth verse and then end at the sixteenth verse. It says, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, and as I have sworn in my wrath, as they should enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on the wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And now we're going to go down into the 16th verse. And it's saying, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help the time of need. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's go before um, the throne of grace. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you tonight. Thank you right now, Lord God, for giving us the opportunity and the privilege to come together, Lord God, to go over your word. Father God, thank you for allowing me to have an opportunity to share your word. We thank you right now and ask you to bless every listener, bless everyone that's going to listen to this message. Let this, Lord God, word, Lord God, pierce their hearts and prick their hearts. Let this word be, um, Father God, 
something to propel them, Lord God, into a deeper worship with you, a deeper relationship with you. We thank you right now, Lord God, that every curse is broken. We thank you right now, Lord God, that every um, spirit of doubt right now is destroyed in the name of Jesus. But we thank you, O oh God, that our faith, O oh God, in you will grow. We thank you, O oh God, that we will trust you, Lord God, and take you at your word, just as your word says, oh God, that we have faith in you and that we can enter into your rest, oh God, into your peace, Lord God, into your presence. And we thank you right now in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so Secrets of the Throne Room, part two. Okay, so now that we have the access, what do we do? Many times we wonder why we're not seeing true victory in our lives. And a lot of times we feel like we're doing everything, everything that we can, everything that we know to do, but we're not we're not getting any results. Sometimes we even find ourselves um, falling into a slump of, okay, well, maybe this is just the way it's supposed to be. Um, evidently, God's just allowing it, so I'll just stay here. And we start to put ourselves in this false sense of we're waiting on the Lord when actually, in all actuality, we have just really given hope. We really we lost we lost hope and we've given up. And we really think that there there's no better, that nothing better is gonna come of the situation. So we kind of trick ourselves into saying, Okay, yeah, we're just waiting on the Lord and and we don't expect anything better than what's going on in our lives. And then so we get into the cycle of singing and preaching and teaching. And we don't even really believe what we're singing. We don't even really believe what we're teaching. It's all become a routine to us. We have a routine of ministry, but we're missing out the heart of the source of the ministry, which is God. And the whole time we're desperate for change and we want God to show up, but we're not believing that he will. How many has that, has that happened to anybody else but myself? Amen. And many times we're going around instead of instead of running to God, we run around him because we're so busy doing the work of ministry or doing the work of our routine that we forget and lose sight of him. And then that creates the vicious cycle of no results and frustration. And sometimes basically we're not seeing victory because it's either because we haven't taken enough time to really get to him to seek God's heart on our situation, or we don't even believe that better is possible. We don't even believe that he can do what we need him to do. I came to remind you guys tonight that better is possible. God does have better, and we can have better revelation of his word, better family dynamics, better finances, better overall living. There is better, and not at all do we have to settle for less than what God has for us. Okay, take this for example. Could you ever imagine having the best the best for your child and showing them better, but they don't believe that they can have it? They don't believe that they deserve it, and they don't believe that you want, want it for them, so they settle for less. For those reasons, or worse, they don't even have the initiative to really do what it takes to get it. Everything we need 
is in the throne room of God. And God's best is in there for us. We, um, as I talked before, that we have unlimited access to the throne room through Jesus Christ, through the fact that he, um, through that he, Jesus died, hallelujah, and he rent the veil from top to bottom. We have unlimited access to the throne of God. So everything we need, we can always come to him. We can just openly come to him. No matter what, we can go to him. So now that we have the access, what are we doing with What are we doing with it? What is missing? And typically all we really have to do is just seek the face of God. Because anything we need, we can go to him and ever need that he, he can supply it for us. So now that we know that we have the access, and I know I've been saying that since the beginning of the um, program, now that we know that we have the access, where are we going wrong? Maybe our approach to prayer is wrong. So let's, let's dig deeper. Secrets to the throne room. So we're going to talk about belief. Believe is the acceptance that something is true. So we're missing it, and we're missing out on results and exactly what God has for us because we're not believing. We're missing it because of our unbelief. So point number one is going to be believe that we can have what we're asking. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, come boldly to the throne of grace. So come boldly. And First John 5, verses 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petition that we desire of him. So we have to stop getting in this false sense of contentment, really thinking that, you know, this is the way that God wants it to be. Sometimes, no, sometimes things come from the enemy. And that's not the way God designed it to be. We need to really understand that our situations can change, and God wants it to change. And we have to accept what God's word says about our situations. Accept it, pray it, and then knowing that we have it without any reservations, pray what God's will is concerning the situation and come boldly to him, believing, believing that we can have what we're asking because we can. Next point is believe that God can do what we're asking. Every miracle that Jesus performed, they had to believe that he could do it before they would even receive it. Let's talk, look at Luke 10, verses 1 through 10. It talks about the centurion soldier, and his servant was sick. The centurion soldier went to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, my servant is sick. And as a matter of fact, I need you to heal him. But you don't even have to come to my house because I know I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But if you just speak a word, I know that my servant will be healed. So not only did he know that Jesus is the one that can heal him, but he believed that he could do it, even to the fact that he didn't even have to come to his house. All he could do is speak the word. And even at that moment, Jesus was even shocked 
at the centurion soldier and said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. He believed that God, that Jesus was the one that can do what he was asking. Even the demons believe in Jesus. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verses 33 to 37. There was a man possessed in the synagogue, and they saw Jesus. And the demon said, let us alone. Are you here to destroy us? Thou art the Holy One of God. So even demons know. Even the demons know who Jesus is. And demons tremble at the name of Jesus. So that makes us even kind of question, even if demons know the capability of Jesus, why don't we? If they know how powerful he is, why do we doubt it? Amen. The next point is believe that we will have what we're asking. What is the point of asking and praying for something if we don't even really believe that we can have it? We're asking amiss. Let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. She had that issue for 12 long years. She believed that she would be healed. According to Matthew 9 and 21, she believed that if she could even just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I'll be made whole. Not only could he do it, not only was he the one that can do it, but I know if I get to him, it'll be done. Somewhere along the line, we have to grab hold of the doctrine that God can do it and let go of sometimes the the attitude of when we pray for a situation of of inserting our opinions in the situation or inserting what we think in the situation. Case in point, when someone asks you to pray for them when they're sick, and, and the situation might be bad, the situation can look really bad, but God's will concerning concerning sickness is that we are healed. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed, and healing is the children's bread. So if God's will is for that person to be healed, you pray that that person is healed. Sometimes people will say, Lord, um, heal them, but either way, little God, you know, you, you work it out. No, we don't need any doubt at all. We need you to pray what God's will is, which is for the person to be healed totally and completely. And we need to believe that and believe faith and take God's word as just as what it is. Amen. And when you take and when you look at the story of Jairus's daughter, Amen. He was on the way. He asked Jesus to come to his house to help his daughter. His daughter was definitely ill. And of course, along the way, the woman with the issue of blood came, and and then he got a little bit delayed. And Jesus even looked at him and says, "Don't let that bother you. I'm still coming to your house. Fear not." So they get to the house, and the daughter's dead. Everyone knows the daughter's dead. You got the professional mourners there. You have everybody crying, and and Jesus walks in and says, "Hey, she's not she's not dead. She's just sleeping." And they laugh at Jesus to the point where he he's upset and he throws them out. Why does he throw them out? Because he does not need anybody to remind him of reality. Jesus does not need us 
to tell him the situation or remind him how bad the situation is or remind him exactly what the doctor said and how it's looking. Jesus doesn't need that. But when Jesus walked in that room, he declared that she is not dead, she is sleeping. So his word right there declares that, oh, she's, she's not dead, she's alive. So we need to take Jesus at his word and kick every every naysayer out, every person that just does not believe and does not have the faith that you have. Kick them out and believe according to what God's word says and believe that Jesus is able to do it. And, of course, Jerry's daughter was healed because in that room you had Jesus and you had everyone in there that believed that healing was possible and believed that Jesus could do the miracle. So in your life, you need to just believe. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't worry about what the reality is. Because again, Jesus is very well aware of the reality. He needs to need you to believe that he can go beyond reality. Because the word already said back in Hebrews that he had already done his work before the foundation of the world. So he's got this. But we just need to believe that Jesus can do it and that we are going to see. We're going to see exactly what we're asking and that God is going to make the way. Amen. The next point is it's going to be be obedient to what he says. Take God, take God at his word. Exactly what your situation is and you find it in the word, read about what it says about it. Take God at his word. Do exactly what his word says. What are his instructions? What has God already given you? What does his word say about the situation that you're dealing with? Follow his instructions. In Luke 5, chapters 3 through 10, it talks about Simon fishing all night. And he was about to call the night. And Jesus got on the boat. And say, cast your nets into the deep. Now, Simon had already fished all night long. I mean, all night long. He was tired. He was ready to go in for the night. He hadn't found any fish. He said, Lord, I've been out here all night. But you know what? At thy word. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do it. Jesus wasn't disregarding the fact that he had been out all night. Again, just like I said previously, he's aware of the situation. He's aware of the reality. But he needs you to listen to him and believe that he knows what he's doing. Nevertheless, he said, nevertheless, at thy will. And that should be our constant confession. We don't have to always understand what Jesus is doing. We don't have to always understand where he's taking us. But our attitude should always be, nevertheless, at your will, I'll do it. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So as long as we're seeking him and we're praying, we're seeking his faith, he's got everything else under control. He's working everything out. The Lord knows that sometimes we get tired. He knows that we're tired of 
fighting. We're tired of not having peace. We're tired of having issues in our finances and, and robbing Peter to pay Paul. The Lord knows that we're tired of feeling inadequate, of sometimes feeling insecure. He knows that we get frustrated. He knows every, he knows everything about it. We have not our priest that's not familiar with the things that we go through, but Jesus is the remedy. And all we have to do is believe in him and believe that he can do everything that we're asking. The secret to the throne room is simply knowing God's word, believing what we have access to, and believing that it's coming from the Lord and believing that he's the one that can do it and, and that he wants to see the best for us. So keep believing, keep praying, keep praying with expectation. Change your attitude as far as prayer. Don't pray just because it's a routine and I know that we have to pray. No, we're praying because we're praying God's word. And we're trusting and taking God at his word. And I promise you that as soon as um, you change your your mentality as far as prayer and you really begin to believe, and not only that, but begin to really believe God's word and pray God's word over the situation, I promise you you'll see that things begin to turn around. Because because God's word does not return unto him void. It accomplishes exactly what it's set out to do. God's word will not fail. God's word cannot fail. Amen. And so Habakkuk 2 and 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. So let's kind of go over our points again. Secrets of the throne room is believe that you can have what you're asking. Believe that God is the one that can give you what you're asking. Believe you will see what you're asking and be obedient to what he said. Amen. I pray, I really pray that this blessed you this evening. I pray that this kind of lifted you up and kind of brought out some points about really just believing in what God can do and believing. Believing is key. Believing is definitely key. So we're going to go um, close out in prayer. Father God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for this word. We ask you, Lord God, to allow, Lord God, every listener, Father God, to be transformed by your word tonight. Father God, continue, Lord God, to show yourself strong in their lives. Father God, we thank you right now that every issue, Lord God, that they may be dealing with, we ask you, Lord God, let them continue, Lord God, to look at your word and see what you say about the situation, Lord God, and Pray, Lord God, what you say about the situation and follow your direction, oh God, that they can believe, Father God, that they can have what they're asking, believe that you're the one that can give them what they're asking, believe that they'll see what you're asking, God, and that they'll be obedient to what you say. Father God, we thank you right now that that miracles are taking place, Lord God, because of our belief in you. We thank you right now, Lord God, that our walk, Lord God, is renewed in you. Father God, that we're getting closer to you, and we thank you. God, we ask you right now to continue to bless UGC, UGC right now. Lord God, bless, bless Bishop Breland. Father God, continue, Lord God, to watch over him. Continue, Lord God, to bless him, Lord God, in every endeavor, in every area of his life. We thank you, Lord God, for increasing the ministry. Father God, we thank you, Father God, that every good thing 
waiting, oh God, that you have for UGC, that it comes to pass. We thank you, oh God, that there is no lack in the ministry. Father God, we thank you that every need, oh God, you will supply. Father God, we thank you right now, oh God, that you are making ways, oh God, and that, oh God, you are setting UGC up, Father God, and that Bishop Breland's gift, oh God, is making room for him. Father God, and that you're going to place him in the room, oh God, in rooms with great men. And we thank you, oh God, for your favor all over UGC, oh God, and Bishop Breland right now. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys and good night.